Hey, everybody. Mike Rothman here, General Manager of TechStrong Research with my pal, Mitch Ashley. Mitch, how are you? Good, good. Hey, everybody. Great to be here with you as well. And uh, happy. Who, who well, this you? is Friday for us, but yeah, who are you? So happy. What do you do? I oh, I am. Um, I am. I'm the lens cleaner on the camera. Yes, we were just the, having uh, some camera research. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm CTO with TechStrong Group and principal with Mike on TechStrong Research right. and chief camera cleaner. So yes, chief. So it's one of those days. What, at, the, at any given time. We may have so, to re-record. Uh, it's one of those days, but that's okay. okay. No, I, I like it. I, I like it. <laughs> okay. um, welcome to the TechStrong Research Review. Um, yeah, we, we I think we missed last week. So, you know, we... Uh, we were doing something I forget. You know, it's like I can't even remember two days ago. So I, I Florida State, some yeah, it was something. We were oh yeah, we we were doing something. So so we're back. Um, and uh, in fact, we were actually supposed to be on our way to Asia on yeah. Sun, on Monday actually. So the the idea was to go out there for the DevOps Asia Summit, which has been postponed. So uh, I am actually going out to Asia anyway. Um, but the DevOps Asia uh, Summit has been postponed. Uh, but Mitch and I, we're going to do a talk about software security. Uh, basically, you know, kind of give our perspective on on the trends and, and and on where we saw things going. So we figured, you know what? If we can't do it in Asia, we can bring Asia to you. So we're going to talk and, and wrap a little bit for maybe 15 or so minutes about uh, software security and really where it is and 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 obviously why it's important. I'll uh, give you the highlights of what we uh, eventually will talk about in Asia uh, when that uh, conference gets rescheduled uh, again in July. So uh, so that's the word. So so what do you think, man? You, you know, it, software security seems to have become a thing. But to be honest with you, I may be a little skeptical, right? Because I've been doing this a long time. First and, time caller, first time skeptic, huh? That's oh yeah, right. Okay, so, <laughs> right. so I may be a little skeptical about this, uh, okay. right? And 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 I think a lot of that just comes to the fact that application security, right? Secure SDLC, you know, application testing, you know, all of these things have been so and such an obvious need for so long, mm -hmm. and yet we've always struggled as an industry to get anything done besides put a box in front of a network um, and and use, you know, kind of network-based or a network-based approach. Um, so why is it different this time? What what are the catalysts? I mean, and again, let, let's kind of back up a little bit and go, all right, we know it's a problem. We're not going to sell you on that. Why are the solutions that are available today, you know, more uh, tangible, applicable, and and have a uh, you know hopefully a better chance of success than we've had in the past. Well, you know we, we you know you and I you and I have been in an era of we scan it right we see look for cross site scripting we look for whatever right with okay through through scanners and vulnerable software detection and things like that and then preventative measures that doesn't secure the software itself it just points out or block blocks things right and I think the shift the focus has shifted to how can we actually create more secure software or make it more secure while we're creating? You know, I like to use the analogy of you don't, you don't manufacture a car. And as soon as it comes off the line, say we should put airbags on that, right? It's kind of too late, right? It's That's going to be a pretty damn ugly car. So you do have to design it in, but monitor the software. Yes, you have to do it there, but I think it's about the process of how you create software. And that's started to bring, 
security engineers and software engineers and architects sort of into the same room. Maybe they're still in the corners of the room, or maybe they're kind of congregating up front and starting to talk. Maybe they're working together. I think that's one factor. I think the other one is just you can't sort of bump around in that room without elbowing software. Everything is software. Everything is, so- I mean, it isn't the back office. It's the front, the side, the, you know, out in the mobile the foundation everywhere. Right. You know, kind so, of the, the digital experience. I mean, everything is software based. Exactly. Like if, you know, are you going <laughs> to, you're going to, going to not going to swim in a pool of just terribly unsecure software. You've got to do something about it. So I think it's gotten a lot more attention for several reasons. Yeah. You know, I'll also throw the differences in application architecture in there, mm-hmm. right? In that, you know, we're a lot more API centric now. We're a lot more microservices centric now. And, and that kind of forces us because we're integrating and, you know, a, a bunch of folks push back when, when, when I say, well, you know, we compose our applications, we assemble our applications now as opposed to coding them. You know, some people say we still code 70%. Some people say we still code 40%. The reality is you're coding some piece of it. You're leveraging other folks' code in terms of libraries and components for other pieces of it. And the libraries and components are things that are really kind of outside of our control. So we have to figure out a way, and that's where our supply chain vulnerabilities are. We have to figure out a way to more effectively track what those components are, what those libraries have in them, and make sure that we're on top of it when it becomes vulnerable. Because we've learned this before, right back to the JET database, you know, about a thousand years ago, um, you know, which which kind of spurred I Love You and, and Melissa and a bunch of these other, you know, kind of early self-perpetuating uh, or self-proliferating uh, attacks. And, and that's just giving way to solar winds and pulse secure and, and you know, kind of a, a whole variety of other you know, kind of supply chain type attacks uh, now. So so I think folks understand a little bit more about kind of how software is made and where it's vulnerable, creating a little bit more urgency in terms of starting uh, to uh, address that. So I, I think that's definitely helped. Uh, you know, kind of shine the the spotlight on the fact that we do have to solve it. But again, why is this not just you know again more you know kind of veneer, right? More polishing the turd, so to speak, and and kind of lipstick on the pig, I guess, a little bit more of a politically correct way of saying uh, that. But why why, why is it going to be different this time? Again, I keep getting back to the same to the same point. Why is it going to be different? You know, that's a great. I mean, we're still we still have what cross site scripting and SQL injection and the. <laughs> the top 10, et cetera, today. So we still can't get away from some things. I, you know, I I think, Mike, you're definitely you're dead on about software architecture and how that's changed with microservices and APIs. And, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like hardware electronics. Or everything miniaturizes. Same thing happens with software architecture. Everything gets smaller, right? And then, but there's, you know, millions more pieces of it or thousands or tens of thousands. So it gets more, much more complex. I don't know if the, if the analogy holds up, but, you know, in the hardware world, I used to work in the PKI business, digital certificates for Wi-Fi and cable modems and stuff like that. And there are, there are literally dozens, maybe more, maybe hundreds now digital certificates, subsystems of subsystems of subsystems from different manufacturers all plugged together. Doesn't look like a, a breadboard anymore, but they are essentially when they're assembled, lots of pieces from lots of different places, not unlike what we do in software. And, you know, they have supply chain integrity, right? How do I know I'm putting the right thing? And it isn't a black market piece, it isn't copied. 
And that's kind of what we're dealing now within the software world is yes, our own software architectures and uh, proliferation of APIs. And there's a lot of good, good parts of doing that, but we're also assembling a lot more subcomponents that aren't ours, a lot more open source, lots, a lot of SaaS applications, a lot of backend stuff that may be legacy or older, a lot of newer, and, you know, it's, it's, Features and capabilities on the phone, you name it. It's so many parts. I think that's the complexity that's also yeah. kind of raising the, oh, the uh, I don't know if I want to say that we're scared now because it's like, oh, my God, it's kind of cats out of the bag. But it is the, the attack surface, I guess, is the right way to say it is so much bigger today. So you, you've got to figure out, you know, if you're the risk officer or the CISO or whatever, it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I I still come back to the I've seen this movie before, right? And and, and again, I keep challenging folks. Why is it different this time? Well, I, I have an idea, right? So I, I do have an idea. I don't know that it ultimately results in the outcomes that we really want, which is that we actually do have, you know, kind of this ability to protect our software and we're building in protections and we have shared accountability between, you know, the developers and, and operations people and the security folks and we're all pulling in the same direction. That still seems like a bridge too far, but the theme of our RSA conference this year. So we are doing again DevOps days at RSA and the RSA conference again on, on Monday of, of conference week is DevOps is now DevSecOps, right? So when we think about that backdrop, that it's not just, you know, folks know more about it. They understand application architectures changed and, you know, we're assembling or composing these applications and we've got, you know, the potential to introduce vulnerabilities or exploits in, in the form of, of supply chain uh, attacks. From that standpoint, now we're also building things in a different way, right? We're building things in a way that takes a lot of the, do I have to make a conscious choice about something out of the mix, right? If we're integrating some of these pieces, some of these technologies, some of these capabilities into the pipeline for how code goes from repository through, you know, validation and integration, validation, testing, and ultimately deployed out through production, a lot of these things just happen, right? So that's a huge step. Whereas, you, you know, it's not a matter of somebody's got to integrate. It's not a matter of somebody's got to press the button. It happens now. What happens after you get something that says, hey, we got a defect, or we got a security issue, you, you know, you've got to deal with it. That's a different issue. Right. But the fact that we're moving towards more of a DevSecOps motion and you're starting to see the vendors that do the pipelines talk a lot more about security, build a lot more about, you know, security capabilities in their environment. And I'm looking at you, GitLab, right? I'm looking at you, JFrog, right? You know, kind of these, you know, Cloud Bees, right? You know, these companies, GitHub, I mean, crap, you know, they kind of, you know, big dog in, in, in the whole space, right? They're building these capabilities into their pipeline type of environment. And that means it's there. Right? We still got to do something with it and we still got to fix the stuff when we find things, but at least it seems that we're a lot closer to looking now. And I think that's a, a, a huge, you know, kind of step forward, you know, from where I sit. It, it is. And it's a, it's a, it's a flip from 
check and detect, right? Which is the world we've lived in forever, you know, since the beginning, right? Now, let me check this packet. Let me check this code that's going out right, or that went out, right? To while it's in the process, while it's in the flow of being worked on, created, assembled, integrated, tested, et cetera, multiple points in that process. Again, I'm back to process, right? We will always create security issues, software that has security issues, I believe is even, even chat GPT can't generate text that doesn't have uh, a, a grammar error in it. I proved that on LinkedIn the other day. You know, it, there will always be security issues in software. We just have to assume that no matter how good we are at creating it, it's just, how do we, how do we rectify it and where do we catch it? And the other, the other thing that's changed is it can't be manual. It can't be a person that it stops and does something and says, has and maybe they say, has this happened? But they people can't catch it. It's hap all the software's happening, being created, flowing by, smaller bits flowing through much more quickly. People can't check it. We can't have, you know, Inspector 12 look at it and say, you know, Fruit of Loom, <laughs> ship that, ship that pair. Um, it just people can't do it. It has to be automated and it can't be the developer's job. It's the developer's job. And you know, shift left and it can't be uh, the developer's going to do security for us. I think well, uh, to be to be clear, it, it we have to shift left to some degree. What we can't do is put all of the accountability for that on the developer. And that's what I mean. A shift left can't mean the developer will take care of it. Right. That's what it, it, you know, it has to be. And again, I mean, I think that the whole concept of DevSecOps really does kind of underline the concept that we're talking about here. Everybody's got shared accountability, shared responsibility to ensure that the code that ends up getting deployed and delivering value to customers is secure and is protected. And we're just talking about the front end of it, right? You know, there's also a bunch of runtime stuff we've got to do as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we can open up a whole can of worms uh, on on kind of runtime stuff, and but we do staff, still right? want to- whole stack right, of we, software. Right? Of, of course, right. And, and we still want a front end, you know, kind of these applications stacks with ways to detect malicious activity. So you mentioned cross-site scripting. You're not getting rid of your WAF anytime soon, right? You're not getting rid of your API gateway and the, and the layered insecurity capabilities anytime soon, right? I mean, we need this stuff. Even if we're better at securing kind of the code in development, right? In that pipeline, we still have to protect the runtime. So I mean, containers are all code too, right? So we've got to have runtime monitoring in our container environment. So it's not an either or thing, right? It's a both. We want to integrate it in from the time you're doing repository, hopefully within your IDE to find, you know, kind of just stupid stuff that you're going to do. We want to do security validation and testing when we go through integration, through deployment, and we want to front end these applications with protection capabilities to get rid of things like denial of service or, you know, again, kind of buffer overflow and, and some of the stuff that can not brain surgery attacks, but it'll still knock your damn application down if you're not careful and and, and if you don't pay attention to those things. So, you know, we, we, we do see progress, right? I want to be clear about that. Oh, yeah, we totally. do see progress. I mean, the fact that we have security engineers and software engineers working on the problem maybe together, maybe in the same space is huge. And the fact that security, you've heard me say this before, the fact that security has turned the page and said, we need to know something about what's going on in software and how we secure it 
may not be the software experts, but we're going to figure out how to help is massive. You know, I think the other thing I've been thinking about, Mike, and I don't know if this would have come up in our talk, but, you know, I, I run our infrastructure and, you know, we do some development a lot, not a lot, a little bit of development here, but we use a lot of technology as part of TechStrong and all the sites and the services and events and all that stuff. And of course, we, we constantly get notifications. Um, there's a vulnerability in this uh, plugin in WordPress. There's a vulnerability in this library. You know, we think we're, you're using it or it's a library that some piece of whatever you use uses. And, you know, I could spend my whole day chasing down any and every one of those and seeing if it's something um, that uh, we have to worry about. So I just email to folks on my team and they go do that. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> you know, in, in a way that, no, you actually you're not kidding. I, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make myself feel better. Yeah. What I do, But yes, that's what I do. It's sort of that's got to be that's got to be solved, too. Right. So those notifications from trusted sources need to flow into the software creation process and say, we're going to flip out this library or this plugin, or we're going to test this in the next pass for you. This is happening, by the way. And, and that has to be part of this, too, because we can't manually follow every piece of you know, every chip and software chip in our software hardware, you know, analogy to through the whole process. It's it's just not humanly possible. No. And 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 I think that what you're really alluding to is, you know, kind of the last stool that I wanted to talk about, right? We talked about, you know, kind of building it in on the front end, you know, through the pipeline and really getting to a DevSecOps motion. We talked a little bit about, you know, kind of front ending and some of the runtime capabilities that you need uh, in your prod environment to ensure that, you know, again, the applications aren't being misused. And the last, you know, really leg of that stool is kind of cultural accountability, mm. right? So it's it's really making sure that, again, you're, it's okay to break the build if you have a huge problem. It's okay. And we have to have some mechanism to deal with the defects that we find. And again, it may not be your defect, right? And that really pisses off developers. There's a library that, you know, kind of is, is again, turned out to be vulnerable, you know, log for shell, log for J, whatever, you know, kind of component you're using in the latest you know, iteration of that, that's not your fault, right? But your code is going to get bounced back and you got to kind of go through the whole process again. And that's irritating and I get it, but it's the stuff that we have to do and we have to be okay breaking builds. We have to be okay, you know, kind of forcing stuff to go through the testing process again when things are found to be vulnerable. We have to be okay with service levels and service level objectives for how quickly we're going to fix some of these things because the idea of the security defects floating to the bottom of, of every, you know, sprint because it's just not that interesting to folks. We can't have that, right? We can't have that. We have to be in a situation where we can fix these things. Um, and, and again, I mean, I, I think that that's a logical next evolution to where we're going with these DevSecOps motions. So let's get it built in. Let's start to understand that. Then we start chipping away at the cultural things and the security folks still do their runtime stuff because that's what we've always done. And I think that's a lot of what our day-to-day hands-on stuff uh, is going to be. And I think to, to my earlier point, as much as that flows into the process, as much of it is automated, 
okay, then it doesn't fall to the bottom of the list every time, right? Some of it happens because it needs to happen. Right. And it may stop the build at the point. If where it, it stops the build, right. then things get fixed, shockingly enough, right? It's the, well, we can't do that, or, oh, we've got to ship it, or, or you know, um, or this is, you know, critical feature for a customer and we have to, you know, do that. That's where you get into, again, some of these, you know, what turn out in hindsight to be bad decisions mm-hmm. at the time. You're just like, I'm just trying to get stuff done. Right? I'm trying to get code deployed. I'm trying to make a customer happy. And then, you know, hindsight, you know, after, you know, your stuff is all over Eastern Europe, you're just like, oh, maybe that wasn't a great, you know, idea. Um, so I want to add a new segment to our, to our review. And that is. You know, I got a beef. <laughs> okay. All right. What's your beef? If you okay. got a beef, My let's beef. do it. I can't, I was just astounded. I couldn't believe it that I heard that in the T-Mobile, you know, breach. We weren't breached. We weren't hacked. It, it was an API. Oh my God. I don't ever want to hear that again. That was the yeah. most ignorant statement in an S1 or whatever oh, yeah, their end or, yeah, or whatever yeah, it, was, it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, a disclosure. It, was it was. So I, I went I was on a little bit of a read about this and, you know, I kind of covered the API, you know, issue. I, I wrote something on, on Boulevard and, um, you know, I, I kind of objected more to their framing of it as API abuse as opposed mm. to, you know, it, it's, it's again, it's kind of like victim shaming at that point. It's just like, oh, I wasn't to blame. No, dude, if you leave your door open and somebody takes your stuff, that's on you. Right. And again, we don't have a lot more details, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it had to do with, you know, APIs that they either didn't know about or hadn't protected adequately. Leave the door open. Somebody comes in and loots your house and, you know, you're shocked. Oh, you're shocked that somebody would do that. I'm shocked. Don't be shocked. Right. People have been stealing stuff from other people for a- about 3000 years. So this is no different than that. Leave your door open. Somebody's going to come in and take your stuff. Um, but framing it in a way that it's API abuse as opposed to, you know, the fact that we had poor practice in terms of, of protecting our APIs. That was that was pretty offensive to me because there were people who suffer like real abuse. Oh, sure. And yeah. That, you know, just manipulating that term uh, in order to, you know, try to elicit some measure of sympathy. Yeah. Not buying that one. Not buying that. One. So we're on the same page. It is just <laughs> come on, yeah. people. We're not stupid. We know yeah, what well, <laughs> some of us. I'm usually a very positive person, well, but that was one that I just kind of like, okay, please. Listen, we all get pissed off. Even okay. Happy Mike, right? New Happy Mike for the last couple of years has been um, you know, I I I do have my moments, you know, for for sure. <laughs> I definitely have my moments still. So okay. So, so good. So that's so, where I got a beef segment. If if you happen to have been in Singapore on Friday and you had a time machine and you know we were able to pull this thing off, this is probably a bit of what you would uh, have seen. We may have been a little bit more structured. We probably would have had some memes uh, just because I can't do a public talk. You are the meme you know, king memes. for sure. Yeah, memes in there. So so we would have had some memes. But this is really the topics that we would have talked about. So when we're back in July, come because we're going to have new stuff to talk about. You, you know, kind of. Uh, once once we get there, and I, honestly, I don't know who's going to end up going, but uh, but they are planning to do the DevOps Asia Summit in um, July of this year. But well, I, I can tell you where we will be. We will be at RSA. Sure. I'm doing a talk. I'm pretty sure Mitch is doing a talk. So we are all going to be there for DevSecOps Days 
uh, in, uh, in in at the RSA conference. Uh, we're doing TechStrongCon. That's March 16th. I'm doing both a panel and a talk about, you know, kind of how security can impact uh, digital transformation and then really AI. I'm, we're going to do a panel on, you know, kind of the impact of, of ML and AI, you know, on security practice. So there's a lot of stuff going on at yep. TechStrong. I'll, I'll be doing a couple of talk and a panel on cloud native and cloud native architecture and how that's changing the nature of software and how we build it and the impact to uh, digital transformation. That's so right. So it'll we, be a good, we've got really a great lot. conference. Yeah, By the way, thanks for everybody who came to predict. That was oh, a yeah, right. kick, you know what, event. I mean, it was the 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 people that we had speaking on those panels. Yeah. Um, just phenomenal. So you you can check that out. We have that up on TechStrong TV. Actually, if you do. go to the TechStrong conferences, uh, you'll see Predict and you can watch it there. But it, it's it's pretty amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, no, we, we were pleased with that. Again, there's just so much good stuff going on at TechStrong. Obviously, all of our learning events, you know, five to eight happen, you know, every week where we've got really cool uh, topics. We've got all sorts of interviews on TechStrong TV. Uh, so suffice it to say, there's no lack of content to, you know, keep you busy from that standpoint and help you stay on top of uh, what's happening in a pretty complicated technology world. So with that, Mitch, any, any party thoughts? We already heard your beef. So I don't need to no no more beefs. But beef uh, for the year, I guess. Party, I get one. But thoughts. <laughs> no, it's you know I think we we still live in a world of uh, best laid plans of mice and men, right? You know, it's uh, as the saying goes, uh, things change. So who knows? We may be in. You may be coming back from Singapore, and I'll be going. Who knows where else? It's just that world that we're in. And exactly. uh, the good thing is, you know, we're all kind of used to being flexible and adjusting. And yeah. I think that's sort of how we are about technology these days, right? This vulnerability, this issue pops up, this new yeah. uh, chat GPT or whatever showing up on the horizon. And that's also what keeps it interesting. So and uh, I think for me, I'm just grateful we can go places now. Very right? true. For very a long true. time, we couldn't go places and that totally sucked yeah. so i am you know very pleased to be you know heading to asia you know hopefully i'll go back soon going to be doing europe we're going to be doing so there's just a lot of stuff going on which is which is really fantastic so we're excited to come out and see you excited to interact excited to continue to generate a whole mess of content and excited to engage so let us know what you want to see, right? Let us know what kind of research, you know, would make a difference in how you do things. We've certainly got ideas, but we are always welcome to get feedback from everybody. So with that, we will sign off. Everybody enjoy, you know, kind of the week ahead. And um, we may we may try to figure out while I'm away some way to, you know, string something together. But uh, we may or may not, you know, kind of have one uh, next week. But uh, but we certainly will the week after that. We'll do our best. We can we fit will do our best. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care, folks. See you soon.